Hello, this is Coach Courtney from World Changing Mind in Atlanta, Georgia. You're listening to the Reboot Your Biblical Perspective radio talk show, where we identify the misguided modern day perspectives of the Bible, giving context to the spiritual dynamics of who and what you are via the lens of Rabbi Yeshua and his apostles in the name. This radio show, we identify subjects and themes that have been misunderstood from the Bible, verified by pragmatic and experimental research carried out under the Zane Kaikatura International Institute of Pneumatology. And hello, and everybody. Hi, everybody. This is Tanya Whitkey from Virtual Kisses, and we're speaking to you live from Canada. And we would like to give a huge shout out to everyone joining us on Kingdom Purpose Radio, YouTube, and Facebook. If you would like to ask us any questions, feel free to comment on YouTube at Anointed Life or join our Facebook group, Anointed Life Mindset Mentorship International. And I am Zinel Fuego joining on the mic from Toronto, Tobago, interbiblical neurologist and interbiblical interpreter, you could see, at the International Institute of Neurology. Boom. <laughs> Give it up. Come on. <laughs> For those of you who are viewing us live on TikTok and Instagram, we are doing our second broadcast of Reboot Your Biblical talk show and just bear with us we're getting the kinks still out and we're gonna start with our theme which was salvation from last week so yeah so if you have never listened to us before we want to say welcome thanks for joining and um we are doing a definition series and the reason we're doing this series is because at, through the International Institute of Pneumatology, there has been a discovery of the name Yahweh Elohim. And we found that all of the Bible can be understood through that name. And once you understand the physics and the mechanics of that name, you will also realize that there are different definitions than what we have come to understand in Western Christianity. So if you're wondering why, why is there no power in my life? Why am I still suffering in my life? When the Bible looks so different, it is because of definitions. Definitions are key. Definitions define um, and definitions are the precedent for everything. Everything. Yeah, so when it comes to salvation, I think that one of the things that um, that we have done in Westernized Christianity is made salvation about escape. Yes. Instead of, instead of actually being about being saved from what happened in the Garden of Eden. Escaping the fire. Escaping the fire. <laughs> <laughs> right? And for, for, for a long time, we have... Well, first of all, if, you, if you're joining us, for the, this is the first time that you're hearing us, then it should be... Well, if you may not have heard us before concerning with what is the paradigm of the Bible. And one of the things that we have discovered at the International Institute of Theology is that the foundation of the Bible is the garden, the name and the garden. Yes. All right. The name comes first. The name gives birth to the garden, and that was actually the foundation of the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Uh, we in the Western Christian culture, we do not approach the Bible through the lens of the Garden of Eden. As a matter of fact, the majority of the Western Christian world has actually held to the mainstream idea that the Garden of Eden is about the creation of the cosmos, creation of the earth, and then they form, depending on the denomination that you come from, they form individual links 
well, to, to the rest of the scriptures from the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. All right. What we are actually speaking about here is the ancient prophet's perspective of the scriptures, which yeah. is dramatically different from what you may have learned in Westernized Christianity, despite the denomination that you have come from. Yes. And in their in, 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 in the Westernized Christian culture, one of the things that is very common was a common denominator amongst all Westernized Christians and denominations is that salvation has always been interpreted as being saved from going to hell. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Right? You, you want to actually um, be saved so that you can go to heaven. Yes. And most people may be surprised to know that this idea of going to some place when you die was actually born strictly within the westernized christian culture yes it was born through rome and the greeks that took up the bible and assumed that they really understood the paradigm of the ancient hebrews mm-hmm. or assumed authority over the text and began to determine what it is really saying prior to the scriptures falling into the hands of westerners nobody actually knew about hell as an afterlife concept or right. heaven as an afterlife concept mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, the ancient prophets actually taught the Garden of Eden mm-hmm. as the template of heaven on earth. Yes. And when you came into covenant with God in the context of the scriptures, what they understood is that you came into heaven, mm-hmm. the installation of heaven on earth through your covenant. Yes. There are many references of Moses in the, in the, in the, in the Torah, for example, Moses in the Torah referring to earth as heaven after they came into covenant. Mm -hmm. So what we are about to do here today is really, I don't think we need to spend much time questioning the the concept of salvation because I think that we have an abundance of doctrine already that has spent enough time trying to frame salvation in the context of um, of not going to hell. Mm-hmm. They, have done, they have done a fantastic job of that for centuries. What we actually want to do here tonight is firstly identify that we have been, what salvation has generally been, and then we will contrast that to the ancient prophets so that we have an idea as to what they taught and how dramatically different it is. Mm-hmm. And we did spend a lot of time too last week diving into what that is as well so there's a lot of details in that so this is actually part two and another thing that component we wanted to add this week was to give you some context and actually look at specific scriptures that we recite quite often regarding salvation and once um we explain what that means to the ancient hebrew writer like what did they mean when this person wrote this that's what we want to also clarify tonight yeah so that's so then we can start here with just a since we spoke about it last episode, because I, mm-hmm. I didn't remember that we spoke about it last episode, in fact. So, you said you didn't? Yeah, I didn't remember we spoke about it last Oh, yeah, episode. that was, we spent an hour. <laughs> we spent an hour. But remember, at the very end, I asked you about Nicodemus. Right, right. And then I was right. like, okay, but we didn't get to Romans 10, and we needed to talk okay. about that. So, <laughs> so, so, then, so then we don't need to speak about the hell aspect. What we need to speak about is just a recap as to what salvation is, and then we can dive into Romans, yeah? Yeah, that mm-hmm. sounds good. Nice. So just as a simple recap, 
salvation in particular in the scriptures through the lens of the prophets, the prophet Jesus and the apostles is actually through the lens of the garden. Mm-hmm. Everything that Jesus did, everything that Moses did was actually in response to the Garden of Eden. Not what we were taught in Westernized Christian culture. Mm-hmm. And in the response to the Garden, man was made Yahweh in the Garden. He was made Yahweh with Yahweh, which is why the John, John writes the word, the word was with God and the word was God. Mm-hmm. He was made Yahweh in the Garden. And then he chose a different reference point for his identity, for himself. Mm-hmm. And um, because he was the first one, caused a change of nature and found himself or, in, or inherited or reaped a consciousness of desert. Mm-hmm. No water, nothing. Mm-hmm. And that began the pursuit of validation externally, which the ancient prophets identify as the, let's say, the psychology of death. Mm-hmm. What causes death is the external pursuit of validation and not living from the potential of your own spirit. So Jesus is salvation. He's identified as salvation. He's called the person of salvation in Titus. And he's referred to as salvation. And um, when he came, what he did basically in response to the garden was, number one, reap for mankind. Mm-hmm. What the first man did on their behalf, yeah. in, the comp- in, the, in, the, in the capacity of a sacrifice. And a sacrifice here is in the concept of one reaping what another has sown on their behalf. Mm-hmm. And then three days, three days and three nights later, he rebreeds the breath of life into him. The Spirit of God is rebreathed into him in the capacity of the first and the last. And therefore, resurrecting humanity with the breath of life in the garden and restoring the name which is the breath of God in its purest function mm-hmm. into, into humanity. And, and I just want to just reiterate that like because he was the representative for all humanity just as Adam was when Adam shifted his perspective from his spirit to something right. else all of humanity's nature changed. The spirit changed. When Jesus well, the life was rebreathed the breath of life rebreathed him when he was in the tomb all of humanity that's also why he's called the Adam so all of humanity has the breath life the spirit right. in him. right okay so so that breath so that 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 spirit in him is the breath of life restoring to mankind mm-hmm. and now their spirit has the capacity to give them long life and also to reproduce what he did because he was pretty much a demonstration of what man and Egan looked like Mm-hmm. And doing everything that he was doing. So I think that should be a, a, a adequate recap. Okay. Of what salvation is. Okay. All right. So again, if you have not heard part one, you could actually go to our YouTube channel, which is called Anointed Life, and you can um, find this video. I think under our live section, it's part one. Okay. If you feel like there's some holes in the conversation we have today. Um, so I'll do the first scripture um, because we want to talk about this one. And then Tanya, if you want to bring up another one. Um, we have our, another host on, for those of you on TikTok, we have another host who's on Instagram Live. Right, right. And so um, <laughs> after we got the definition of salvation, um, you covered, you know, wh- why we must be born again, that scripture. But I also would like them to know about Romans 10, 9 and 10 um, that says, 
wait, no, 10 and 9, which says that if you shall confess, confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus mm -hmm. and shalt believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shall be saved. So we're talking about salvation. Mm. Boom. So, <laughs> so this is a, a verse that is very commonly used amongst many denominational circles mm -hmm. to refer to how one should be saved, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think the best thing to really do is to give a, a breakdown of the chapter that you're looking at. Mm -hmm. And then we can hone it into what that specifically means. So we can get context. Right. Mm -hmm. So first of all, it starts it starts at the top of the chapter from verses 1 to 4. Um, where Paul says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge, right? which, ha which happened to be applying to our era right now. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not stumbled themselves onto the righteousness of God. For, the Christ, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believe it. For Moses describing the righteousness which, which is of the law. And then he goes into that man which doeth these things shall live by them. Mm -hmm. The righteousness which is of the faith is of faith. Speak it on the wise. Say not in thine heart who shall ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down from above. Who shall ascend into the deep. That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which, he pre which we preach. That if we shall confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now, if you don't understand the previous eight verses, mm -hmm. you're actually going to grab a context of that according to what you're understanding, what your denominational emphasis is. Mm -hmm. Right? First of all, what Moses is actually referring to there when he says, which is righteousness of the, the Moses is, for Moses describing the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth these things shall live by them, mm -hmm. that is actually Moses quoting scripture. Well, sorry, that's Paul quoting yeah. scripture. Mm -hmm. right? He's quoting Moses, and that is actually coming from Deuteronomy chapter 30. Right, so let's jump across to Deuteronomy 30. Let's go. And then we see what's the context of this being used here. Bible study for you today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bible study today. <laughs> okay, you guys, so go to the Torah. Deuteronomy 30, you said? Yeah, Deuteronomy 30. We read it from. Let's read from verse. Let's put on verse one actually. So you give the context. Okay. And this is what it reads. And it shall come to pass, when all these things are upon thee, the blessing and the curse which I set before thee, and thou shalt call them to mind among all the nations with whither Yahweh thy Elohim hath driven thee. All right? So you say, call it to mind. Mm -hmm. And thou shalt return unto Yahweh thy Elohim and shall obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day, 
thou and thy children with all thine heart, with all thy soul, that then Yahweh thy Elohim will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee and, and will return and gather thee from all nations whither Yahweh thy Elohim had scattered thee. So you notice he says that when they do stray, mm -hmm. return to the return to the perspective of, of the covenant and Yahweh will gather thee from all nations whether Yahweh thy Elohim had scattered thee. If any of thine be driven out unto the outmost parts of heaven, so mm -hmm. now he's interchanging earth with heaven. Mm -hmm. So this is actually one, one verse in the scripture, in, 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 in the Torah here that actually shows that in covenant, he's referring to earth as heaven. So mm -hmm. heaven is a covenantal perspective. It's not a destination. Yes. Right? Perspective, not destination. Mm -hmm. eh? If any of thine be driven out unto the utmost parts of heaven, from thence will Yahweh thy Elohim gather thee, and from thence will he fetch thee. And Yahweh thy Elohim will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possessed, and thou shalt possess it, and he will do thee good, and, multi and, and multiply thee above thy fathers. And Yahweh thy Elohim will circumcise thine heart, right? which is the same concept of renewing your mind in the new covenant. Mm-hmm. To circumcise thine heart and, and the heart of thy seed to love Yahweh thy Elohim with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all that, that, that thou mayest live. And Yahweh thy Elohim will put all these curses upon thine enemies and on them that hate thee, that which persecuted thee. And thou shalt return and obey the voice of Yahweh and do all his commandments which I command thee this day. Now, this is the same thing as, as saying, return to your covenant and stay in your covenantal perspective, covenantal mm -hmm. length. And Yahweh thy Elohim will make thee plenteous in every work of thine hand, in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and the fruit of thy land for good. For Yahweh will again, re will again rejoice over thee for good as he rejoiced over thy fathers. That's a good promise to hold right there. Mm -hmm. Which is, which is a new, with that, that's part of the new covenant promise too, right? Mm -hmm. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of Yahweh thy Elohim to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in the book of the law, and if thou return unto Yahweh thy Elohim with all thine heart and with all thy soul, for this commandment which I command thee this day, it is it is not hidden from thee, neither, neither is it far off. So so watch so watch your context coming in here now. This is from verse 11. Mm -hmm. Notice he says, For this commandment which I command thee this day, mm -hmm. it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. Mm -hmm. Now, when he says he gave them that commandment, remember when they for them to come into covenant after circumcision and the and the ceremonial washing, mm -hmm. they had to memorize the Torah, which means the commandment is in their mind, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So they, they, they memorize this. So he says here, it is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, Who shall walk for us to heaven and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it. So Right. Neither is it beyond the sea that thou, that thou shouldest say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very nigh unto thee in mm -hmm. thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. In thy mouth and in thy heart. Mm -hmm. Now, pause right here. In this context of the scriptures, what they had to do to come into the covenant was 
to um, circumcise. Mm-hmm. Especially if you are proselyte, a proselyte, you'll go through a process where you're physically circumcised. And after the physical circumcision, you'll be ceremonially washed. When that ceremonial washing, the water was also represented and seen as a womb. Mm-hmm. And a proselyte is a convert, you all. A proselyte is a convert, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? You're going to the water and you rise with Yahweh's name. Mm-hmm. This is why all over the scriptures it says, if my people who are called by my name, mm-hmm. covenant of Moses came with a covenantal identity. You will call Israel, but Yahweh Israel. Mm-hmm. Right? Because Yahweh, even in the prophets say that, God said that I have surnamed you with, with my name. Mm-hmm. Right? So they were supposed to take on the name and then memorize the, the, the Torah because the, the scriptures would be the thoughts of that person mm-hmm. having a, a heart that was not correct. It was not straight. It was, it was, it was dysfunctional. Corrupted, yeah. They take on the name, memorize this. So in this context here, it's actually saying the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. Which means you could not follow the Torah and refer to the words of Yahweh if you're not in the identity of Yahweh. Mm-hmm. My people who are called by my name. Yes. Right? All through the Torah in particular, you notice that the, the scripture in the, 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 the um you notice that the Torah particularly gives the law. And there's a constant reference of I am Yahweh. And that's 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 a double entendre for the priest who is saying that I am Yahweh, who is speaking mm-hmm. of Moses. I am Yahweh. But also it's it's also a reference to the fact that these laws are framed in this way because Yahweh is the title of every Israelite. So yes. if you if you can't transgress in the law, you're actually doing it to Yahweh and not doing it to the man. Mm-hmm. Because they're in the name. Mm-hmm. The same concept is seen of Ye- of Yeshua when when Paul, for example, he is on the on the on the road, on um on on, on the road to, ta- to Damascus, and right. Yeshua appears to him and says, "Why are you persecuting me?" Because mm-hmm. once you take on the name, it's no more individual identity anymore. It's not the body of this person. No man, no woman. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> nice. So when he says the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart, we actually have to understand that this is coming from the perspective of taking on the name. Mm-hmm. And notice that this is not something he says that you need to go to heaven for or you need to cross the seas for. Right. Yet, our entire westernized Christian paradigm sees Jesus in the, in, in the heavens. Mm-hmm. And, he's, and, he, and he's coming back right. to you. Right. Instead of Christ in you. Yes. Primarily, right? Mm-hmm. Then it goes on, which is where Moses, where Paul quotes Moses further. He says, But the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. Mm-hmm. See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil, mm-hmm. in that I command thee this day to love Yahweh thy Elohim, to walk in his ways. And to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments that thou mayest live and multiply. And Yahweh Elohim shall bless thee in the land where thou goest to possess it. Now, when we hear walking his ways, it not clicking to us that they're walking in the person of Yahweh. Yeah. Right. But if thine heart turn away so that thou wilt not hear, but shall be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, 
I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land where thou passest over Jordan to go to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both you and thy seed may live. And then there's a colon there which, ex which is expansion. That thou mayest love Yahweh thy Elohim, mm -hmm. and thou mayest obey his voice, and thou, thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life. Mm -hmm. Watch it there again. He is thy life. Mm -hmm. And the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land of Yahweh, swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give them. So now he's saying that the identity of Yahweh is your life and your length of days. Yes. Okay. So let's go back to, 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 to Romans. To um, Romans 10. Mm -hmm. Now we're reading from <laughs> verse 5. So I said, bam. <laughs> <laughs> That is holy sister Lori. Holy sister Lori. Hi, Lori. <laughs> that is that much love, holy sister. So, <clears throat> so verse five, you said. We're reading from verse five, back in Romans ten. Okay. So now we get the context of Deuteronomy, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice. So let's see what he says here now. So therefore, the same concept of Deuteronomy is the same concept that is being applied here. Okay. To Romans. And we know that because he you he pulled from it. He literally pulled from it. So the first mention he went. Yeah. Right. Okay. For Moses described the righteousness which is of the law, mm -hmm. that the man which doeth these things shall live by them. He just says, He is thy life. Mm -hmm. Now the context I remember is taking on the name. He is thy life and the length of days. Mm -hmm. You cannot say he out in the heavens because in the garden, if you go back to the garden, every spirit reproduces after its own kind. Okay. So according mm -hmm. to the law of the garden, what is mentioned in Deuteronomy is not somebody out in the sky. That's something that you have to reproduce after your own kind. Mm -hmm. So we come back here and it says, but the, what the man which doeth these things shall live by them. But the righteous which is of faith speak it in, on this wise. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. So why are we still looking in the heavens for Jesus? Mm. Okay. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, mm -hmm. context of the Torah, that's actually taking on the name of Yahweh. So now we know this is speaking about taking on Jesus' name as your own. So confess here is just like call. Say again? Confess here is like call. Like when yes. God, you called by my name and confess our, our synonyms here. Exactly. Okay. Right? And we, we're, we're going to read past in a little while to verse 13. Okay. That, that references another scripture that shows that you have to take on the name as your own. Okay. It's, it's, an, it's an appellation that you're taking on. It says um, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Now notice it says confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. Other versions have taken this and they've translated it differently. It says, confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yes. And it gives a different connotation. It does. 
it changes it influences a different message huh? mm-hmm. Tanya? I said that would change the whole thing it just changed it immediately that's where because, the sinner's prayer comes in exactly yeah exactly mm-hmm. so because it once once you do that now it fits the external narrative yep to confess that Jesus is Lord and our culture whereas the ancient Israelites they are seeing everything from the inside out because everything reproduces after its own kind mm-hmm. we our westernized greco-roman lens sees everything from the spectator so we see everything outside of us mm-hmm. right. right by default so mm-hmm. then it says confess them out with, with the lord jesus and shall believe in thine heart that god had raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved now when you listen to that mm-hmm. through the westernized lens mm-hmm. as a spectator you are thinking about witnessing Jesus doing this. Mm-hmm. Right. But, but the Torah perspective is every spirit reproduces after its own oh, kind. kind. Mm-hmm. Which means if you're reading that, you have to read that from the lens of being the person to reproduce those, those results. Mm-hmm. So if it said, confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, meaning my spirit is like the Lord Jesus. Exactly. My heart that my, my spirit as Jesus was raised from the dead. Right, and, and thou I, shalt be saved. Yes, and thou shalt be saved. And now I walk as he is. Exactly. Hmm. Now, let's add a little nudge to it before we move on. What was the context in Deuteronomy 30? Wasn't it, not, wasn't it long life? Yep. Long life. Take so, on the name. So hell, so hell in this, does not belong in this context. This is actually speaking about being saved from death. Mm-hmm. Amazing. That's what we just read in Deuteronomy was long life. That's the context of the Torah. So if we, if we translate the context into this text, he's not speaking about long um, about going to any afterlife death or mm-hmm. afterlife hell. He's speaking about living long. Yes. Okay. So you have to think about it. I kind of like this uh, version. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than hell. Yeah. Stone. Right. Mm-hmm. No. Now we're reading on. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. Mm-hmm. Mm. I believe now that I'm changed and my spirit is Christ Jesus and I'm and now into righteousness. I'm in right. Now, one of the things that Jesus calls righteousness and as an interchange when he's speaking to John the Baptist, mm-hmm. he says to John the Baptist, suffer, to, suffer to, for it to be so now. Mm-hmm. So that we fulfill all righteousness. Mm-hmm. He actually was speaking about fulfilling all prophecies, which means Jesus' context of righteousness is God's God's right. prophecies. Okay. So when he says here, though, if if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, which means you believe all the prophecies now speak about you. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my God, my God, my God! Come on. Praise the <laughs> Lord. <laughs> Give them some glory. Round of applause. Round of applause for that. <laughs> right? Just one more time so that it's seasoned in our spirit. Say again? Say it one more time. One more time. Just give it. <laughs> yeah, so, therefore, we're looking at for the, with the heart, man believe it unto righteousness. Mm. It's, sim- it's saying outrightly in Jesus' definition of what righteousness is. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That the, the prophecies are now about you. Hey. 
Glory. <laughs> all the prophecies are about me. All the prophecies are all about, about you. the species of Christ. Exactly. Glory to the Lamb. And you cannot fulfill the prophecy mm. if you're not reproducing it after your own kind. Mm. Mm-hmm. So we are fulfilling prophecies. We are fulfilling prophecies. Prophecies is the, you can see the prophecies of the scriptures are actually the nature of your spirit. And therefore, what you are designed to do is to reproduce these prophecies after your own kind. That immediately shifts the body of Christ. Because I think sometimes we make the the leader of our specific church or denomination, we just like mm. look at them to do those things. Right, but when right. now it's put on you as a responsibility, it is right. on you to ensure that you are fulfilling the prophecies that yes. are in the word. And then we will see something different than we're seeing right now, because a lot of people are just passively. I just have to be a nice person and treat each other well and make sure I tell them about Jesus. But that is really not. What it has doing. nothing to do with it. It's the, it's the moral compass perspective on the moral compass Christianity that we've been taught. And this is mm-hmm. our covenantal Christianity. Mm-hmm. There's a massive difference. Even though it may sound good. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, song, it's, it's song pious. Yeah. <laughs> it's song pious. So now let's move on. The so, prophecy is about you. Okay. The prophecy is about you. I got it. And yeah. then it says, and with the mouth, mm-hmm. confession is made unto salvation. Now, what are you supposed to confess with the mouth? The Lord Jesus. My spirit is the Lord Jesus. I am the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus. Your mouth. So if I'm Jesus, I can be saved from death. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> You have to reproduce it after your own kind as you love the garden. Right? Then it says, this is where you're coming to now. For the scripture says, whosoever believeth on him shall not be shall not be ashamed. Short life. Exactly. You wouldn't die. Because dying here now will be a shame. Mm-hmm. Shame, right? shame. For there's no difference between the Jew, the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Now, when we hear call, we think external of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Whilst in their understanding, you're actually calling that is actually coming from the law of spirit reproducing after its own kind. Mm-hmm. So that has to be concerning you calling that that, that your spirit that name. Mm-hmm. Right? And then it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is not, that is not, um, that is not, Paul didn't make up that line. Hmm. That is actually a quotation from Genesis chapter 4. So let's go across Genesis chapter 4. We're going, guys. <laughs> Here we go. Don't be scared. Just come on over. Genesis 4. You said 4, right? Yeah, Genesis chapter 4. We're coming on to the last verse. Okay. Right? And then it says, now this is actually, chapter 4 is giving some genealogy, but the last line in particular is where we're going. Because it is actually a quotation. And it says, And to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. It's mm-hmm. also, it can also be pronounced Enosh. 
And then it says, colon, then began men to call upon the name of Yahweh. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) 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 All right. So uh, we're seeing here Seth called his son Enosh. Right. Mm -hmm. So that looks like he, in his generation with Enosh there, Seth taught Enosh how to walk. How to walk how to walk in the name. Yeah. Right? Because Noah was a priest too, right? Mm-hmm. Noah, Noah was a priest. His son, Seth, um, his son, Shem, means, the word Shem means name. Right. Like Ha-Shem, the name, Shem, name. So it says here Enosh, and then there's a colon, which means the definition that's given to Enosh there is... Then began men to call upon the name of Yahweh. So colons, you all, are expansion. So whatever you see in the first part, it's explained behind the colon. It explains. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, here's an, here's an interesting fact. If you go to Daniel, mm-hmm. in Daniel 7, it says the son of man. The son of man is not the son of Adam. The son of man in Daniel is actually the translation of son of Enosh. Mm. So when we say son of man, we're not speaking about son of Adam from the garden. We're speaking about son of Enosh. Why? Because in the context of the scriptures, Enosh was actually the name taken on by a group of people. Not only his descendants, but actually a people who took on the name of Yahweh yeah. in ancient times as priests of Yahweh. Mm. Like, for example, when you go to, for example, when, when you go to, um, I'm seeing that she said that there's an echo. Yeah, I was trying to turn it down. So that probably that's my, my volume on my side, but I wanted to, let me see. Go ahead and cut, um, talk now, Courtney. Hello. Is that better? It's just me, she says. Just you. Am I? Let me see. All right. So it's my volume. It's just me. My, my, my volume. I'll take out. Just now. Hold on. Oh, okay. All right. Hear me now? She said it's good now. Hold on. Hold on. All right, hear me now? She's good now? Good now. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was, that was my speaker. Thank you very much for this. I appreciate that. Well, now I know don't give that open. All right. <laughs> right. So, so then Enosh here is the title that means that actually given to those who would call upon the name of the Lord. And in the context of the scriptures from then on, there's a there's a presence. This is not even not really translated in the, the English text. Mm-hmm. Not really translated in the English text, but in the context of the scripture, there is the presence of Enosh in the text mm-hmm. is actually translated man as well. So mm-hmm. when we read it in English, you know you will know the difference. So for example, if you go to Genesis 19 or 18, where Genesis 18, where the three men Mm-hmm. Approach Abraham on the plains of Mamre. 
if you if you do some research into that, you'll realize that these three men are called Enosh. Yes. Right? And that's why one is actually called the Lord or Yahweh, and the other is called angels. Because in the ancient culture, when you come into the covenant, the covenant had um, a realm or verbiage that came with it. So once in covenant, they would actually call the high priests by the name Yahweh because he's taken on the name Yahweh to speak as Yahweh. Right. And, and the assistant priests would be referred to as angels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in that, in that context... And we also did a definitions recording on angels. So that's also on our YouTube channel, by the way. I just want to throw that in there really quick. Right. Yes, indeed. Let's not hold on. That's so true. All right. So when we are actually looking at Genesis 4, what you, what, the reason why we're referring to this is because in Romans 10, mm-hmm. Paul quotes this. In he's quoting it in verse in verse 13 that says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of, 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 of the Lord shall be saved. Mm-hmm. No, now notice in Genesis 4, that's Yahweh. Mm-hmm. The capitalized Lord. And when it's translated, when he quotes it here, when it translated the, 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 um, the Greek New Testament, it translated as Lord in common letters. But it's and that's one of the kind of downfalls that we have in the New Testament. That New Testament is really translated in a way where it's quoting scripture, but it actually doesn't carry carry across the capitalized version of it. So when we hear Lord, we think owner, somebody who owns land or somebody who has a particular status when it's really referring to what it is really referring to is Yahweh. Mm -hmm. So in our you're seeing in our dictionary when it says Lord, um, it refers to that. So if we looked it up in a dictionary, we'd think that, right? Yes, yes. But their verbiage, it means Yahweh. It's Yahweh. Because it's actually from Genesis 4. And if you go to Genesis 4, you'll notice that in Genesis 4, Yahweh is capitalized. Right. To demonstrate that that's the term, that's the interchange that they have placed there for the word Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? Which is, what, which is what most people refer to as Jehovah in mm-hmm. English. But most people are not aware of the fact that Jehovah was not never was never meant to be pronounced. Uh, Jehovah is actually a merging of Yahweh and Adonai. So you have YHVH, and then they took the um then then they took the the what do you call it? The vowels from Adonai and they inserted it into YHVH and there was born Yehovah. Mm-hmm. But, but when that when that came into existence, the authors never meant for you to use that to mm-hmm. verbalize that as God's name. It was meant to be a, a, like, a, like a sign or an interchange so that when the reader sees it, they would actually know that it is Yahweh and, mm-hmm. would, and wouldn't pronounce the name of God in vain. Right, 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 right. But that's, that, has, that has not been taught in Westernized culture, so they're, they're actually denominations that teach that Jehovah is God, and they use Jehovah not knowing that that is actually referring to Yahweh. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? So when we come to Romans 10, verse 13, mm-hmm. that is what he's referring to. So it's now saying that just as the Enosh would take on God's name as mm-hmm. the owner, as priests of the scriptures, mm-hmm. Yeshua was called a son of Enosh, and therefore he was taken on. 
the name, just like the, that's why he said everything that I do and I, everything I say, I do it in the Father's name because mm-hmm. he's speaking as the Father. Yes. And when it's now referring to Yeshua, taking on his name as, as, as your own, he quotes that to say that that is how you take on Yeshua's name as an appellation, as the title of your spirit. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you know his reality or his history is now attributed to you because you have his spirit. Therefore, everything that he did is now your spiritual history. My God, my God. That is so good. Everything. So wait, not only are the promises about me as a species, right? but his history. His so history. when the seas parted, for most. That, is, that is your history. Your spirit did that not was me. That was me. <laughs> now, if that'll make you want to walk in power, come on. That, well, that's just, coming from you. Huh? I was saying, it's just like the history of Adam's fall. We all, all were under that condemnation. Yeah. And now it says, when Jesus rises, now all have risen. And that's, and that's a good point because that is exactly what it is. Adam, in people inheriting. What Adam did is example of spirit inheriting history of its of it of 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 the first one. Mm-hmm. They inheriting the history, so everybody inherited sin because they inherited the history of the man's spirit. Now, when you come into Yeshua, he's the first. Now you're inheriting the history of his spirit. So your part sees, your spirit in you part sees, mm-hmm. your spirit your spirit in you. Call fire from heaven already. Mm-hmm. Your spirit in you destroys cities. Yeah. Speak judgment over cities. Your spirit in you healed all and left none sick. Your spirit mm-hmm. in you resurrected the dead. You resurrected Lazarus. You inherit Jesus' spirit, his history as your own, so that your spirit then has done all of these things, just like man inherited. The history of the man in the, in the of the first man. Now Jesus is the first and the last, and now you inherit his history. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing that you cannot do because your spirit is not. It's not like your first time that your spirit doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm sorry, uh, Lori. Tanya's on Instagram Live. <laughs> Yeah, you can't see me, guys. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So she's asking, what did Tanya say? That's what Lori's asking. Oh, she was actually <laughs> asking. She, for, for those of you who see us on TikTok, um, she, was, she was speaking. She was actually asking about the... No, that was Courtney that actually asked about the history. Or was Tanya? Who asked the question? That's <laughs> Tanya asked the last question. Well, Tanya asked the question that you were answering originally. I can't remember exactly what you said, Tanya. Do you remember what you said? Lori wants to know what you said. Oh, she said you could hear her at first. So maybe when you turned off your... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now people can't hear her. Right. Oh, no. So we got to figure that out. Don't worry. We got to figure that out. <laughs> Just not today. We can't figure that out right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll when, you, when, we, when we hear the show, you can <laughs> hear what she said. You would hear everything that she said. Okay, so you were saying that um, the last thing that you said, you were talking about how um, not only was the prophecies about me, but when we look at Romans 10, 13, 
13. It speaks about taking on the name like, like the Enosh did. Mm-hmm. So therefore, salvation is not something that you receive. It's not something that saves you from going to hell. Salvation mm-hmm. is actually becoming a person. Because mm-hmm. this is actually what is mentioned in Deuteronomy, that he is your life. He is your life. He is your length of days. In the same way, taking on Yeshua as your, as your appellation and his thoughts, which are the prophecies of God, because he is Yahweh in flesh. Mm-hmm. To become Yeshua is actually to become Yahweh here. And so you're now a species. And therefore, salvation is the name. Okay. Salvation is being that person. That's so good. That's so good. So, so that's that for Romans 10. Questions, thoughts? Well, that kind of sums up <laughs> salvation. It's <laughs> what it is, it's your glory, <laughs> being changed, resurrected basically as a spirit of Christ Jesus. And having that spirit of Christ Jesus, you the you're being saved from death. Right. So that's pretty good. <laughs> Who wouldn't want that, guys? Now that's the good news. True, that's some good news. It is indeed. It is indeed. Okay, so I'm looking at our time and we have exactly 10 minutes. Okay. So should we attempt to touch on one more scripture or yeah let's go we could do okay, it okay so let's see in five minutes what does it mean to work out your own salvation because in philippians 2 12 to 13 it says therefore my beloved as you have always obeyed so now not only as in my presence but much more in my absence work mm-hmm. out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works it in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Mm. So <laughs> to, that, that, that actually falls very squarely in, uh, within the context of the covenant in Deuteronomy 30. Mm-hmm. We cannot have one salvation. There is not something that you actually, he's speaking about. So if we, if we understand so far that salvation is therefore a name that you take on mm-hmm. and, li- and living out the person of that name yes. as your own, then working out your salvation means eliminating the knowledge of good and evil and taking on the prophecies as your perspective. So that's the same thing as actually saying my renewal. Mm -hmm. Work out your own salvation, fear and trembling. Now the reason why it says fear and trembling goes back to the Torah. One of the things in particular that is actually found in Torah is the Torah through the scriptures is actually, or the covenant of Moses is actually called a solemn covenant. Mm-hmm. Solemn means that you treat something with great regard and respect. Yes. Another way of saying solemn is fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. You treat it with fear and trembling, meaning you treat it with great reverence. Mm-hmm. So he is saying to work out your salvation means renew your mind with great reverence for the promises. Mm. Because these promises, Jesus referred to the scriptures as the power of God. So therefore, these perspectives are actually thoughts of power. Mm -hmm. The word of God, therefore, would be thoughts of power. The thoughts of Yahweh. Mm -hmm. 
So when you're working out your salvation, you are now taking the personal responsibility to renew your mind. Yes. To the promises, which would be the perspective of the name that you have taken on as your own. Mm. And this uh, is his desire for you. I'd love to less than 60 seconds. Because <laughs> it says to will and work for his good pleasure. That means to that's what he desires for you. Exactly. Definitely. Right? To will and to work for his good pleasure. Mm. So it's his desire and his work. And Jesus refers to the word of God as the um the word of God as the works of God. Mm. So you're willing, it's his desire for, to will and to work. So there we go. Okay, well, maybe we'll stick uh, Romans 1.16 in there that says, <laughs> For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So that is another scripture in particular that is, it gives two contexts in this, in this, in this case. Again, this builds upon taking on the name as your own. Yep. Right. right? So let me just go there because there are a few verses before that gives some context. Romans one, Romans one, right? Mm -hmm. One sixteen is what I just read. read. Mm -hmm. right, so when you read Romans one, mm -hmm. let's read from verse eleven. It says, "For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift, to the end ye may be established." That is, that I may be comforted together with you by, by the mutual faith. That is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Mm -hmm. I would, now, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purpose to come out, to come unto you, but was let hitherto that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and, and to the unwise. So as much as is, as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Then there's a colon. For it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and to the Greek. Mm -hmm. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath shewed it unto them. So this is another reference here, verse 16, to the reference to you taking on the name, because mm -hmm. the name is also power. Mm -hmm. right? This is actually, you can also pa parallel this with, 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 with Revelation uh, verse 5, chapter sorry chapter 5 verse 12 that okay. says revelation 5 12 that says for the lamb was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessings mm -hmm. this is the same power that we're speaking about here mm -hmm. that the lamb was slain to receive this and when you're receiving these things you're not receiving these things as possessions you're right. receiving it as as your nature mm-hmm like because blessing in particular in the in the garden starts it's, it gets its definition from chapter one of genesis yes where that has made your nature your, mm -hmm. your your ability to reproduce it so he, when he says in that context therefore in his understanding of that 
And he says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. The gospel of Christ here is the good news of Christ. Yes. For it is the power of God unto salvation. He's speaking about the name. The name is the power of God unto salvation. Mm. To everyone that believes, not externally, to believe the name, to believe in the name. Right? To the Jew first and also to the Greek. Mm. In the name. Power of God unto salvation. And why the Jew first? We have four minutes, if you can tell us why the Jew first. Why why what? You said first, it says first to the Jews and then to the Greek. Oh, that is because Jesus came to the Jews primarily and they preached the gospel and they didn't listen. So it went outside the bars. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Indeed. So it was given to them first and um, Paul was one of those that actually took it and carried it elsewhere. So it was so you could say preach to the Jews and then to the Gentile. Got it, got it, got it. So good, so good. Okay. So good. Okay, well, you all, this was part two. So if you do have questions about this or anything else that we have covered so far in the series, please, you know. Leave your comments. Amen. Indeed. Leave your comments. We will actually break it down for you. And um, leave your questions and we can address those questions in our coming episodes too. Yeah. No questions. That'd be a good idea. All right. Well, as we wrap it up, I want to say thank you for listening to the Reboot Your Biblical Perspective radio show with Tanya Wookie. Courtney King, Zane Pierre. You can learn more about salvation by joining our Facebook group, Anointed Life Mentorship International, or visiting our website, internationalinstituteofpneumatology.com. And to listen to the segment again, find us on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google Podcasts. If you guys have, again, any topics you would like us to cover, leave us a comment on Facebook or YouTube on TikTok and Instagram. Ooh. All right. Boom. Good night. Good night, you all.